Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we're back on the Culture Corner, and we're now joined by uh, a, a friend, a good friend of mine and an um, amazingly talented woman, talented singer, Miss Rebecca Clark. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, sweetheart. How are you, Bonnie? I'm so wonderful to hear from you. Yeah, it seems like forever and ever and ever. So um, you and I know you spent you spent a lot, a big chunk of the last few months um, in in L.A. at the beach, right? Well, actually, there's a little story there. We actually moved. Okay. And we left last July, um, and we just decided we wanted to get closer to my family mm-hmm. through this, this whole pandemic. And um, it was a great decision. You know, the weather is fabulous, and mm-hmm. it's actually where we wanted to go. So, And now I'm commuting back and forth from the beach to the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I just did. I just finished performing last night. I was over. I'm actually here at the Indian Wells Resort Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So you're back at Frank's place. I'm um, doing your um, yes. wonderful um, Barbara Streisand show. So t- for folks who haven't seen it, tell tell us about the show a little bit. Well, actually, the show yesterday was not um, Streisand show. Okay. Uh, Str- yeah, it was my cabaret show, and we still packed the house, so mm-hmm. it was wonderful. Um, my Streisand show, I've actually been singing at the hotel for six years. Wow. And I've been doing my Streisand show called Hello Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I believe uh, because of the pandemic, we... All the shows stopped, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just recently started opening up again. And my show, Hello Gorgeous, will start up again, hopefully, in the fall. Okay. And that's usually when the season begins, in October to the end of May. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But I, I'm not really sure when exactly they're going to start up again. But right now... My cabaret is start up again, which I'm really happy to say. And, you know, Bonnie, it just feels wonderful to be back. It feels wonderful to sing again. Absolutely. Um, I'm just so happy. I mean, you have no idea. When I'm up on stage, I'm like, oh, this is where I belong. Yeah. Now, so so tell us about your, your cabaret show then. So is it a mix of, is it jazz and Broadway and all, uh, a, a little everything. bit of everything? Everything. A little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of country, a little bit of jazz. I do everything. Broadway, Shirley Bassey, mm-hmm. uh, Linda Etta, um, Liza Minnelli. Mm-hmm. I do it all. And, uh, you know, it's something that I truly love doing. And... I'm, I was just told that I will be back at the hotel August, the whole month of August and September, every Friday, Saturday for the two months, Excellent. and as myself, so okay. I'm really looking forward to that, and it's called the Rebecca Clark Show, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a lot of fun, you know, I'm just, I, I've actually had some guest singers come up. Uh, that came in from Orange County. I did this wonderful Barbara Streisand birthday uh, at the Catalina Jazz with Club Clifford in Bell. Yes, Hollywood. yes, and that yes, with Clifford Bell. That was wonderful, and they, I I was just mesmerized how many 
wonderful entertainers that I had. Actually, I don't know at all, but mm-hmm. I got to meet some of them and actually became friends with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually bringing one of the singers, uh, Ronnie Martin. She's going to be my guest on the 20th of this month. Excellent. So this is wonderful because I'll be back at the hotel on the 20th. And um, it's it's wonderful. And I'm sure you're familiar with the um, sold-out event for the 30th at the end of the month for the uh, people that passed away. Yes, that, that Christy King put together the memorial tribute thing. Yeah, at, at yes. the, it's at the uh, is American Legion, is it correct? But it's but, yes. it, but it is sold out, So, um, which is great. It is sold yeah. out, yeah, it's sold out. And I'm going to be doing a couple of beautiful songs, and I will be singing um, The Way We Were. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, that's great. Uh, while they're showing the... Um, the memorial of, of the photos on yeah. the slide, yeah. and I'm so looking forward to it. It's it's crazy how many people lost so many this year. I mean, lost yeah, so many. Oh my! And you know, I I didn't verbally talk to Mike Costley, but I did text him um, when he went back into the hospital, mm-hmm. and I was just I was hoping and praying that he would come out of it, but mm-hmm. apparently yeah. that wasn't, uh, you know, didn't happen. So it reminds yeah. us all how short life is and how you got to tell people you love them now because you never know. You just, you know, you know, you're absolutely right, honey. You are absolutely correct, and it's. It's crazy because the desert is not really very big. It's quite small, mm-hmm. and and because of that, you get to meet everybody, especially mm-hmm. in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And I think there are more entertainers than there are nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes you know, that's yeah. Everybody I know is a singer. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask you something yeah. that I've asked sure. a lot of uh, performers over the last year yeah. or so during this pandemic. So you moved and you went to the beach and you're closer to your family. I'm sure that yeah. helped. But what else have you done? To, this has been a trying time for everyone emotionally and mentally. What have you done to kind of keep your sanity and keep yourself in a good mental spot during all this? I prayed. Okay. I pray a lot. No, I um, I basically stayed at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I at the time we weren't vaccinated. At the time, I don't believe the mm-hmm. vaccination was even available. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, quite scary for everyone, yeah. and losing, you know, having not not having the gigs at the time, everything shutting down, and not singing for so long. And um, I think, you know, you just—it's really hard to say how do you keep your wits about yourself, mm-hmm. other than you pray, mm-hmm. you 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 try to listen and and do what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and and not take any risk and um i stayed at home i i honestly i didn't even practice i didn't mm-hmm. rehearse i didn't do anything i think i felt like the whole world just shut down everything closed and mm-hmm. you know I, I luckily if you have people that you love yeah. and i have a wonderful husband and so we kind of held on to each other yeah 
yeah. I just said, okay, you know, we're going to have to get through this because this is what we need to do. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, my child. I have my son. I have my grandkids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we just said we have to do this. You know, we got out. We went to the beach a lot together mm-hmm. where there was nobody around. Yeah. Um, you know, there were things to do. You know, there, it was always, you can always take a drive. Yeah. You know, so we love driving to Laguna Beach or we love taking a drive to Newport beach mm-hmm. you know so it was if you got stuck in the house you know because literally everything was closed you couldn't even go to the pool yeah you couldn't even work out at the gym mm-hmm. um there was nothing you could do um i have an elliptical at home so i spent a lot of time focusing on okay this is what i want to do i could stand to lose a little bit of weight here instead of eating everything that's <laughs> in front of you so i started back on my keto diet my mm-hmm. husband actually joined me Good. And he lost 25, 30 pounds. Wow. Um, so, and it felt good, you know, just to focus on other things other than what was going on outside. Mm-hmm. And um, watching good love stories. And yeah. we actually had our Christmas tree up. We still have our Christmas tree up. He says, honey, we need to take it down. <laughs> I go, I don't want to take it down. It's so pretty. It's pretty, yeah. And it's not real anyway, but yeah. it's... Um, it's one of those rose gold. It was. Be- it's so beautiful, and it goes perfect mm-hmm. with uh, where we live. Mm-hmm. Oh, my dog. <laughs> he saw somebody walking past the pool, and he started. <laughs> anyway, so you know, we try to do what we what we need to do. You, you find things to do, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, to me, you're just thinking positive. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 knowing that this is you know this two will pass. Pass, yes. We mm-hmm. both finally got, you know, we both are uh, finally vaccinated now yeah, and we are too, yeah. happy to gotten that over with. Mm-hmm. And um you know things is opening up slowly, you know, I'm not too eager to get back too much, you know. Yeah. Um I'm still not you know, we're not ready to hop on a plane anywhere just just mm, about. No, no. I will be next year cuz I have a gig in Indiana and mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Indiana for two months doing Streisand. Wow, great. That's and great. And I have a two months. Yes, I'm on contract already and I'm actually working with my dear friend Gary Anthony who is the best Frank Sinatra impersonator mm-hmm. ever. And he's in Las Vegas. So I'm going to be working with him. I'm working with uh, Doug Church, who's a phenomenal Elvis Presley impersonator. And I'm also working with two other fabulous entertainers. So it's going to be at the Blue Gate Theater, where the performing arts centers are. And it's I am so excited. And, you know, you have something to look forward to. Yeah. You yeah. know, to think this is next year, but yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> so, so for people that, so you're doing your, your, with a Rebecca Clark show, Cabaret yes. show, again on the 20th, May 20th. Yes. May 20th, yes. Yes. Dinner and show. And six I'm excited. Six to nine. This is at the Indian yes. Wells Resort Hotel at Frank's Place. Frank's I want, Place. Want yes. to get reservations strongly recommended, limited seating. Please, because yeah. last uh, the last show we did, we had 95 people, and they didn't really, I don't believe you can have any more than a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Um, last night, we were very lucky, and we made it just right, so we, we had an, a huge crowd, and yeah. it was wonderful, and I'm hoping that... You know, people want to get out. People want yes. to start living. People want to enjoy music again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that has a lot to do with why it's packing up even more so because 
it's it's a way of saying, okay, let's all get out, let's enjoy some good music, good food, right? Have a couple of drinks, relax, mm-hmm. and yes. take a breather. Yes, you know, people and need that. I feel a little normal again, you know. <laughs> and so the phone number is seven six zero seven nine seven eighty seven hundred, or there's uh, you can go to manual m a n u e l at indianwellsresort.com. So you definitely want to get yes. your reservations in. So real quick, and with time we have left, we don't have much time. Are you is your performing different? Is have you have you have you brought a new level to performing after going through this for fourteen months? Would you say? You know, I really have. I I worked on some great new material. I decided, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it. You know, I I think it's just letting people know that we are here, we are back. Yes. And we're going to be back stronger and better. Yes. And it's wonderful. And and I have so much fun. I literally, I have a blast on that stage. Once I'm up there, oh my God, you can't, you can't get me off. I mean, literally, <laughs> I, I just sing and I, I have fun with the audience yeah. and we laugh and... You know, we just we just have a fabulous time. Well, you should check out. If you haven't heard of Rebecca Clark, you're missing out. you got to check it out. Indian Wells Resort Hotel at Frank's Place. Next show, May 20th. Call 760-797-8700 for reservations. So you great to talk to you. You can also check me out on YouTube. Yes. So great to talk to you. I'm so glad you're back. I can't you wait too, to come honey. see you. You too. And I look forward to seeing you again. I'd like to have you as my guest. I, I would love that. that. We'll have to work that out. I All right, darling. That too. Thank you so okay, much, honey. Rebecca Clark. You got it, sweetheart. Love you, bunch of I'll we'll be back with more on the Culture Corner in just a moment. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. So today we're going to go ahead and do another segment of... This this week in pop culture, so we have to come up with a little, you know, announcement or thing. Ba ba! This week in pop, something, you know, <laughs> sound effect. On that. Okay. Well, I got to talk to John about yeah, that. Yes. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. This like, week in pop culture sure. or something. So on for May second, eighteen eighty five. Good housekeeping goes on sale for the first time. Wow, it's been a lot, and it's still around, I think, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is one of the oldest magazines still in print, and it was founded on May second, eighteen eighty five, by Clark W. Bryan. Base the ma- the cover was pretty bare. It was just basically a woman holding up like, uh, holding up like a cup and looking at it, and that's mm-hmm. it. Now, and it was just basically the, the original focus was housewives. Like mm-hmm. the idea was. That this is a magazine for women, but specifically for housewives, and mm-hmm. now it's like all now now it's more about it's still catered towards women, but discussing like women's issues and women's uh, like uh, basically like 
you know, like recently there was one that, uh, according to this one website, there's a magazine cover of like Chrissy Metz, the plus size model, and she talks about nurturing your own growth as a woman and all that. And I think mm-hmm. it's actually really interesting to look at the first cov- the first issue of Good Housekeeping and look at it today and how see it's how, evolved, yeah. how it's evolved and why it stayed relevant. I think it stays relevant because it's like, we're still for women. But we're, we're adapting to women of today. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. really wonderful. And yeah. I would say that it's. I think it's a good idea, and also in ge- some birthdays. And again, these aren't necessarily celebrities who are alive, but on May second, it was Leslie Gore's birthday. Leslie Gore, who was born in 1946, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who was born in 1972, and David Beckham share a birthday, and Christy Baranski. All oh, I share. Love, a, I love her. <laughs> she's they, great. They all share a birthday on May second, cool. and over f- for May fourth. Uh, actually, I'll save May 4th for the later segment because it ties into our feel-good story. Okay. So for May 5th, Peaches and Herb are reunited. The pop culture, uh, the pop duel, Peaches and Herb were quote-unquote reunited, and it feels so I good. I liked them. I love that song. I did that song when I'm back in, when I was doing Top 40 <laughs> Bands with a, a, a duet. It was fun. And it was, a, it, it was number one on the Billboard pop chart. I actually think that's a really good song because, like, Believe it or not, like I, I know that it's gotten to a point where it's sort of like a joke because you listen to it and you put it on I- ironically, but when you listen to it, it's really passionate. It's a good song. It's passionate it's song. and yeah. sweet, and you know the 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 thing is that this is a that this is one of those songs that I, I I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's still a good song. It's I think it's still a good song. Absolutely. And in 1862 was the very first Cinco de Mayo. Did you do anything for Cinco de Mayo? Um. Not oh well. The only thing I did is my is Eric went out and got um, burritos from a Mexican restaurant down the street <laughs> and brought them home. That was it. That's not that's not too bad. At least you, <laughs> at least you didn't do anything dumb that no, day. Like, no. I, I mean, for me, like. Uh, the thing about Cinco de Mayo is that it didn't actually gain prominence until the 80s because of all the advertising campaigns for beer and wine companies. So I'm not surprised by that. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I was reading is that it it's not really much of a holiday in Mexico, but it is like, but because of beer companies now, it's like this really prominent thing, mm-hmm. which I'm not surprised by. It's yeah. kind of like how... Um, when you think about it, the image of the cowboy was mostly brought in by Marlboro. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah all the, a lot of it is advertising. Yeah, uh, or Santa Claus, for example. Santa Claus doesn't look the way he was, and, except thanks to Coca Cola. Which, uh, when I first heard Santa Claus and Coca Cola, I was like, really? Mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know, because then I look back in a little image, and it's like, okay, uh, very different, very different, very different image. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in eight, nine, 1883, so. There was a the Hitler Diaries. There used to be sixty volumes of journals, apparently by Adolf Hitler. It turns out that in nineteen eighty three, Stern magazine figured out that these were fakes, that the Hitler Diaries were actually fakes, and that they it was a hoax. And it turns out that they were a, a series of journals written by a journalist named Karad Kujan who had a history of petty crimes and deception. It doesn't surprise me. It, doesn't <laughs> it really doesn't, <laughs> unfortunately. You know, the, it's interesting because, like, to me, I imagine this is a lot like the the vault, uh, Al Capone's vote, vault and looking at it, it's like nothing. Nothing's in this case, in it's there, like yeah. n- it yeah. was nothing. And I'm not surprised, to be honest with you, because it's like, well, I mean... 
I mean, it, I, like, I don't know if Hitler would have kept the vote. I was just going to say, he doesn't strike, <laughs> what I've read about him, it doesn't strike to me as him, him being a person that would have written in a diary. I don't think so. You know. And the other thing was, in 2009, that a young woman, a young girl at 12 years old, Catherine Boston, received the title of Baker of the Year on on this on May 7th 2009 when she competed against six other finalists to create something yummy on um I, th- I think called uh, for the easy bake oven challenge basically uh-huh. she was given she won this on MasterChef and how how old was she 12 years old she won Good a competition baker her. of the year on you, MasterChef what was, did you say what she baked uh let me see i think she oh strawberry tart okay strawberry tart which you know when i look back at it it's like <laughs> when I look back at the Easy Bake Oven, I'm like, I, I just can't imagine anything good I remember good the Easy Bake Oven, yeah. Did, did you cook anything good? Did you ever have one? Yeah, I think I had one. I remember the ads. I think I had one, but I don't remember. Gosh, I'll have to go. I think so. But it might, it's a vague memory, so it's whatever. Well, you know, they used to be so much more dangerous, and then now they're so much more safer. And it's like one of those things where it's like... I can't imagine. I never. They always look so good, but I always thought it was one of those things where the power of advertisement. Yes, absolutely. All right, we'll be back with more in just a bit. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. Now on this segment, we're going to talk about Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced. That, I'm going to be honest, that was kind of a shock to me when I first heard about I was, it. I was a little surprised. Yeah. And so now that they have announced their split to the world this week, that is, apparently their decision to end their marriage wasn't one that came suddenly like it actually was apparently like a combo of things and yeah after 27 years of marriage they decided that that not that their older daughter is now an adult and graduating from high school is the time to do it because they yeah they basically decided you know what it's time to just end our marriage Mm -hmm. and you know the funny the interesting thing is is that bill and melinda gates like for me I never associated them as like a power couple I've always associated them as like two people that were married that had their own independent projects Mm -hmm. so I don't know I've never associated them with like um, being like this untouchable couple like a lot of other celebrity couples Mm -hmm. have gotten divorced over the years and so Melinda is the one that actually filed for divorce from her husband who is the Microsoft uh, Microsoft co-founder and they decided to have a separation agreement in place and they're trying to keep things civil and private mm-hmm. as possible, which they're entitled to, yeah, cer- certainly. Yeah, yeah. And that they're still going to plan to work together at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm-hmm. And of cor- and one source says, from People Magazine, they say, nobody is going to want to invite more scrutiny because it'll hurt their credibility. I don't think they're so angry about that. I don't think they're so angry that anybody wants anybody wants to take each other down. Like you sometimes see, Melinda is not incentivized for that. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah, the interviews, I've seen a couple interviews with them. Yeah, they, they don't, neither one of them strikes me as that kind of really vindictive. I'm going to put all the dirty laundry out in public. Kind of. uh, but yeah, and what I had read was there was no prenup, but they did have a separation agreement. And that, that you know, that that's, at least initially, it doesn't sound like there's going to be fighting over over the money. And another thing, and I actually saw on a, a piece on think.com where they, uh, n- well, 
the think section of NBC News, and they actually talked about uh, and Susan L. Brown actually talked about how in how this uh, this relationship falling apart is actually indicative of the fact that divorce rates have actually plummeted among young people, but they have slowly but surely risen among older adults. The divorce mm-hmm. rate has gone down a lot. Mm-hmm. I think there's this sort of mindset, and I don't want to. I don't want to say any generation is responsible for this, but for some reason, there's this mindset where a lot of older generations feel that young that divorce is so rampant now that marriage doesn't mean anything. But it actually turns out the divorce rate has actually gone down mm-hmm. because young people don't get married as often. Yeah. And that older people are actually the ones who are getting divorced because mm-hmm. for them, because as, as I was reading this article and I agree with it, that the the definition in the past of being a good spouse was you know you're a good husband or a wife and your personal happiness needs secondary secondary be a good spouse perform this role well and you'll find and you'll eventually find contentment and happiness and nowadays it's like being a good housewife or Mm. a good house uh good being a good wife or husband nowadays requires a little bit more requires more financial because it financial security because the fact is that you know you you can't live off of one income anymore it's pretty tough yeah well and i i will say um because i'm a little bit a little bit older generation um and i've been married a couple times um not married right now but eric and i've been together 10 years so it's almost the same if you, I think the minds, a lot of people, the mindset has changed. You, in order for a relationship, marriage, or a long-term relationship to work, in my opinion, you have two people have to come together as whole and complete people. You can't have this very romantic thing. You complete me, and you're my better half, and all that. Well, that's really baloney. I mean, it doesn't work. If you, you really need to come in as a full, complete person who happens to like and want to spend time with another whole complete person if you don't have that it's really unlikely to work on a long-term basis and you have to have two people who don't want to change the other person you know they are what they are um and who um respect respect like and respect the other human being for who they are and what they do and what they bring to life and don't want to change them and and think the other person is you know kind of cool i mean if you got to have all that and that's and you have i will say the other thing is uh, someone with a lot of experience you have to make each other laugh if you don't make each other laugh you're doomed you know it's it's funny you say that last part because i actually saw in this article that when the kids leave and when there's a lot of different experience when a lot of milestones have passed it turns out a lot of these couples don't find much humor in each other anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't agree with each other on they don't really want to spend time together particularly yeah and like i noticed that like whenever i think about like for example my parents my parents still like make jokes and they have fun so mm-hmm. i agree with you that you know if you can make each other laugh or m- have a good time with each other that's a good sign and absolutely and also i think that there's also this thing where um you're kind of taught uh, through society that you know you have to be in a relationship to f- be complete when you don't no you and don't. and i think but i also want to sort of say another thing which is I have a friend who wants to find a partner, right? And mm-hmm. they have a hard time finding a partner because unfortunately, like, uh, not, I don't want to give too much details, but there's a lot of things that, like, the sad thing is our society views certain people as more beautiful than others mm-hmm. and they don't hit a lot of boxes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And they said that 
um, for them, they they always say, "I want to get a partner." It's so hard to find a partner, and for them, I, I don't I don't doubt that it is hard for them. Mm-hmm. But they but they certainly can find sex easily because you know that's pretty easy yeah. to find if yeah. you believe it or not. But I was and they said, and they always get told this piece of advice, which is, if you want to love someone else, you gotta love yourself first. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's a complexity there. I feel like that's not always the best advice because to admit that you want something or somebody or you want a partner is loving yourself to be able to know what you want. But I also believe, for example, in what you say, which is it's not about loving yourself. It's about being more complete as your own person and being able to know what you want as opposed Mm -hmm. to what your relationship wants. Yeah. And I think that your relationship, the goals of your relationship should align at a reasonable rate with your own personal goals. And I, there's this wonderful quote from like sex in the city which is the most meaningful wonderful and challenging relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself absolutely and the and if you find someone that loves the you you love well that's just fabulous and and i look back and i quote that so often because it's like yes and i've been in relationships for i've been i've been in relationships where i last years like you know mm-hmm. i'm younger but i've been in five-year relationships three-year relationships or two-year relationships it's it's i'm not someone who leaves when i enter a relationship usually i've been pretty good at keeping it at a yearly Going, pace yeah rather than months because mm-hmm. i'm very casual because the fact is i make my goals clear like i yeah. say you know what I have my own goals in life and mm-hmm. i will accomplish them and you have your own goals and the idea is to not confirm I don't believe in changing someone's goals for no. a relationship. No, absolutely. I'm like, that's death. That, no, that will never work. And for me, another thing is I like, I try to be a complete person because mm-hmm. if I don't feel complete, then I don't know how I would complete someone else. It's too much pressure to put on somebody else's. You come make me happy. Come complete me. Come to the end. You, that's not someone else's job. And I think a lot of times, a lot of t- I, I love movies. I'm a big movie buff, but I do think sometimes movies put off that image of you have to complete someone. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, you talk, speaking about your friend, though, the thing that just based on what you've said there, the other thing I'd be careful with is work on yourself first and that will happen. And if you're, if you're, if all you ever talk about, all you ever think about is I want a partner. It's so hard to find a partner. You're putting up your own block. You're putting up your own roadblock. If that's all you're putting out in the universe, it's hard. It's hard. I'm never going to find it. It's hard. I'm never going to find it. You can't. You got to get out of that mindset. I, I agree that that's a mindset that certainly limits you. I, I but I and in a lot of ways I do feel like, for example, like there are certain things that cha- that are challenging to certain people. So I think there's a complexity of like you have to get rid of that roadblock. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to admit that some people unfortunately have a harder time finding partners than others. Yeah. And and it could just be the fact that, like, and it's sad to say it, like a lot of times in dating. Cer- I love talking about dating. Like, if there was a show about dating, I can talk about it. Because um, for me, like, a lot of these dating apps are so shallow because they're mm-hmm. kind of like, um, you see a picture, you swipe left or right. And I told someone that I try to write a biography about myself because I would want the person who swipes on me to know what they're getting because yeah. I don't want them to think, oh, he's a really attractive guy, but he's kind of annoying and talks a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, if I talk a lot, it's good thing I'm on here right now. But. <laughs> But the other thing is, and I did this at one point, at one point when I was after one bad marriage and I was alone for a while, I sat down and made a list of what specifically I want, was looking for in a relationship, you know, a certain age range, certain this, 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 and to be honest, that's 
pretty much what I have right now. I mean, you have to be very clear in your mind. Not from a de- don't come at it from a desperation standpoint, but just be clear about. Vis- I'm a big believer in visualization. Visualize what you want and be very specific about it, and then and put that out there in the universe. Okay, that's what I want. That'd be great. And then go about your business and work on yourself. And that's where you tend to attract it. No, I agree with you on that. And I think that there's also this mindset that, remember, number of years doesn't mean quality. It's no. not about quantity. It's about quality. Oh, my it, God. Because, that's so true. Because there is a lot of numbers about gray divorce. They call it the gray divorce because now it's like older Americans and like the 25th anniversary is no longer an indication of positive marriage because I've met people who stay in marriage. I have to. Who stay in relationships for way too long mm. and it's like this person is I remember one time I had a friend say to me I've been in really I've been in married for like five years and I don't feel and I feel less of a person now than I ever did but I always get praised because I've been married for five years or ten you know that's baloney and I think it's sad because I told him like you know you should the, uh, uh, you should consider like therapy or something like that and also the thing about young people getting married and I, I will speak for myself is that I I think getting married is fine, but I also believe, like, in your case, your relationship, Bonnie, for example, is a good model of you don't have to get married. You don't have to have that piece of paper. That yeah. It's not the be-all, end-all. I mean, yeah. it's great. If you want it, if both people want it, that's great, fine, wonderful. But uh, you don't have to have that to have a good, long-standing, monogamous relationship. And I always hear about the tax benefits, and it's like, well, no, I've heard of marriages where when they're separated, they actually, I've actually heard of cases where a couple that's still together but not married they benefit in a lot of ways like their kids can get more uh, financial support for school that way Mm -hmm. ironically speaking marriage is maybe not even the best option financially everybody's different you have to what is your everybody has their own situation so but you know what but i but really seriously and this interesting this older divorce thing i think some of that is people get to a point where they finally saying you know what uh, there's only, you only have a limited number of years on this earth. I want to be happy and I need to do X, Y, Z. And I don't think this person is going to go along with, is, is the person to be on that journey with me. Yeah. And that's a legitimate decision. Have you seen a lot of great divorces lately in your... I have not. To be honest with you, I have not. I have. Um, I've seen more than I than I imagine. I, I have a few friends that I have a friend. I have my mom's friend who's in her seventies. Mm-hmm. She got divorced, and I was like, I'm gonna be honest. At first, I was a little shallow and said, "Why would you want to get divorced at seventy? But then mm-hmm. I thought, like you said, she still might have another twenty twenty five years left, and she wants to do what she wants to do no, and be happy. You no, know? I agree with you on that. Like that's something that I had to deprogram for yeah. myself, which is no getting divorced at seventy is great because guess what. You However can, much time you have, you deserve to be happy. No, and I agree with you yeah. on that. And it's, uh, there's just, d- divorce can also, I like the fact that nowadays people see divorce as a blessing. I've heard of divorce parties. And you know what? Divorce can be a blessing because. Sometimes. Sometimes. It because yep. it means that you are more free to do what you want. And I know sometimes it hurts, but I'm. But divorce is more Sometimes complex. It's necessary, yeah. It's more complex, but yeah. hey, stay right. tuned. We're going to still talk about it. We're going to end on a happy note again. We will. Okay. <laughs> so stay tuned. We're, you're t- uh, listening to the Culture Corner with Bonnie and Brian. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. 
talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. So this is sort of like a two-part story. So in May, so May the May Fourth is actually considered Star Wars Day. May the Fourth. Like kind of like May the Fourth, May the Force be with you, yeah, but it's yeah. May Fourth. Yeah, it actually started in a sort of like a grassroots like celebration since the series started in 1977, and it became uh, the first recorded usage of the phrase and the holiday was on was um, May Fourth, 1979, when like when, basically what happened was that like the conservative party actually put. A um, so when Margaret Thatcher was was um, nomin- when she won election for prime mm-hmm. minister when she was elected, the Conservative Party put up a advertisement in the London Evening News saying, "May the fourth <coughs> be with you, Maggie. Congratulations!" And so afterwards, they started doing this. It picked up traction. May the fourth be with you. Mm-hmm. And so in 2011, it actually became like an actual celebration. For it actually became sort of an official holiday, not super official holiday, but it became like a celebration that Star Wars fans have. So recently, because of that, a lot of older stuff about um, the stars of Star Wars started coming out. And so one instance, and it's not necessarily a feel good story, but it's 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 a sweet thing that Mark Hamill did. So Mark Hamill played Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. On Star Wars, yeah, and so this t- this teenager who had Baden disease. Baden disease is a progressive, fatal genetic disease that affects the nervous system. And he had this when he was seven. Started having this when he was seven years old. So basically, what happens is that if you have Baden disease, you lose your vision, you suffer from seizures, loss of motor and cognitive control, and then they die pretty early, which is mm, really tragic. Sad. And so when this guy said, so when what happened was that. Um, John uh, Sikora, uh, when when his treatments were starting to fail, he he basically it it just everything really went down the drain. It was horrible, mm-hmm. and the and he was seventeen years old when he started to cog- sort of deteriorate L- slowly. It, yeah. He died at twenty four, but before but before he passed away, he decided to sort of make his life a little bit better. And one of those moments was that. He asked his dad if he can meet Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. He had already lost his sight by them and most of his short-term memory, but it turns out that he actually spent most of his childhood watching Star Wars mm. and playing with toy lightsabers, and so he always felt a certain connection with Star Wars, and it was the one thing he will always remember. And so he, um, the, his father had asked screenwriter his college friend screenwriter Ed Solomon who produced who wrote the script for Men in Black Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and he was the only person he knew in Hollywood if he can help him reach Mark Hamill and Solomon basically reached out to Mark Hamill's agent and soon and lo and behold 97 uh and he got he got a call they got a call from Mark Hamill himself who basically met they met at a park in Malibu. So John, mm-hmm. so John Skagora and Mark Hamill met, and they spent hours talking about basically talking about Star Wars. And look, and what Mark Hamill did was he dressed up as Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and he basically answered questions about um, about Star Wars from the perspective as of Luke, oh, Luke Skywalker. Great. That's great. And it was one of those things where his father had Luke, uh, John Skagora's father had said. 
at this point, John couldn't distinguish between the actor and the character, so Mark mm. answered all his questions about Princess Leia and spaceships, yeah. and he was very, very kind. And so when John passed away at 24, um, it was a moment where it was basically like, it, it was just this moment where he got some peace, you know, mm-hmm. being able to talk That's to his great. shadow hero. Yeah. And so Ed Sullivan retreated this out. So even though this story happened in 2014, mm-hmm. it got retreated because... Um, Ed Sullivan wrote a tweet and and he talked about it. And Mark Hamill tweeted back saying, there's no sweeter sound that, oh, Lord, I skipped, I accidentally clicked it, so give me a second. Mm-hmm. I got it. There's no sweeter sound than a child laughing. I've been so lucky. Feel it's my duty to give back in any way I can. Much prefer visits to hospitals and talk shows. Heartbreaking but inspirational. Makes my career seem trivial in, contra- in comparison. Wish I can do more. And that's when Mark Hamill tweeted out after mm. Ed Sullivan said he not only met with the boy, but spent hours answering questions. And that's why. I, and it literally meant the world to this kid and his family. Why I always love Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And it just shows, you you know, if you take time out of your life to do something good for someone, yeah. it happens. What and, are your and, thoughts and, on the story? Uh, well, I think that. When things like that happen, and then even going back to the money issue to Lady Gaga and playing for the dog, dog walkers, gunshot. It makes you wonder why more wealthy, well-known people don't do it. Now, I know some people, sometimes well-known people do stuff and they want to stay anonymous. I I know that happens. I know that happens. Oh, yeah. However, there are some, I'm sure, who don't ever do anything like that. And you have to wonder why. You know, if you... I try to do little things when I can, but I'm not, you know, super rich or super famous. So, um, but I certainly would be doing that kind of thing if I were. And it makes you, I mean, it's great. It's fabulous. It's wonderful. But it makes you wonder why everyone doesn't do it. No, I, and I agree with you. And I think in this case, it, I think the, the thing about Mark Hamill is that he's always been beloved by fans. Like mm-hmm. his fans have always thought of him as a very kind, loving, very very respectable man like the mm-hmm. fact that like Reese in Desert Hot Springs there was a kid that got bullied and someone had tweeted out to Mark Hamill about it and Mark Hamill responded and mm-hmm. said something like you know you're a brave little kid and yeah. all that Yeah, and it, it sort of tells you that people like Mark Hamill when they became famous they didn't like lose out it didn't lose uh, their, their humanity, humanity. Yep. Yep. and I think for me sometimes uh, what I like about Mark Hamill is that he's famous and he's well known but he's not unapproachable yeah and i like that because for me it's like i've look i've met like local celebrities and i've met people who aren't even big celebrities who are so unapproachable and Mm -hmm. it's like you know humble yourself a little bit you're still human Uh, hello you think yeah (laughs) uh, that that i really don't have much patience for for that and um especially when it's I mean, it does. It takes no. It takes nothing. It's no skin off your nose to be nice to people, to be warm and friendly and welcoming and 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 down to earth. You know, so, so okay. So your big movie star made a lot of money, but you know who put you there? Who who buys the tickets to your movies? Who buys the tickets? Who buys your music? Who buys X Y Z? Doesn't hurt you to be nice to somebody. I agree. And one thing about Mark Hamill's lesson is if if you have the ability to fulfill someone's wish. You def- why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And it, and it certainly makes a difference. And if you're interested, the um, father of this kid, Joe Sakura, did write a book called Defying Gravity that in which if you buy a copy, proceeds go to the Baden 
uh, disease. How do you spell that? B-A-D-E-N? B-A-T-T-E-N. Okay. Baton. Hmm. So it's so if you want to help out the family or do any organ or do any charity work, maybe donate to like any organization that's helping out with Baton disease because the yeah. fact is that it is I, I barely even heard about it the other day to yeah, be honest. I never heard about it either. So, and if you want to donate some money also, but if you happen to love music and theater, go online and, and uh, go fund me to the Purple Room to keep them open. Thank yes. you to Michael Holmes and to Rebecca Clark. Go out and do something nice for somebody. No, I Come agree on. with you. You know, donate. Give give what you can. Or yeah, smile at people, for God's sake. <laughs> and if you can't donate, share 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 a donation page. Yeah. Because you never know if someone who on your else page, might. Yeah. Who might. Who might be able to. So, hey, great Stay show. Safe. Stay safe. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>